Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 14 of The Press with Rem Bacchimus. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, for those of you who have subscribed, very, very much appreciate that. If you spent any time following the Gonzaga basketball program the last five years, you're probably familiar with the name Rem Bacchimus. He is as well-known and as well-liked amongst the Gonzaga fan base as any of his teammates that have gone on to become All-Americans, play in the pros, NBA, or otherwise. Popular pretty much from day one with his end-of-the-bench celebrations and then as time went on for... Uh, the man bun, kind of the, the style and the flair he brought the program uh, for, for roasting guys on Twitter that, that dared step to him and, uh, you know, pregame handshakes during player intros, stuff like that. A really, really popular figure. You, you go to any game in the kennel and, and they're putting it on somebody late in the game. There's going to be chance from the kennel to get Ram in the game. And anytime he touched the basketball for him to hoist a three and hopefully hit it. He's really become, or became, I should say, during his five years with the program, a unique figure in Gonzaga basketball history. And cool to see. I mean, so many big names that have come through the program. For a guy like that to kind of carve his niche in his fan base is is pretty neat and says something about the Zags. Got a chance to talk to him as this season went on and get to know him a little bit during the Final Four run, really enjoyed that. You could see why uh, he was so well, like certainly within the locker room, and uh, really, really had a good time talking to him. He's got great stories. I mean, if you're a Gonzaga fan, awesome stuff. Uh, for him personally, just kind of the shock of going from a, a walk-on to joining the program uh, that 2012-2013 season. It, of course, was already established, but that year kicked off the greatest stretch in program history. Uh, Just the stories he's got through the years, the great players he played with, the off-season battles with the current team and and former Gonzaga players back in town. If you're a Gonzaga fan, I think you're going to enjoy this one. Hope you do. Episode 14 of The Press with Rem Bacchimus. How's everything going? Pretty good. Uh, been adjusting to the real world. <laughs> but other than that, pretty good. What, what has that been like? Because uh, obviously a very different routine than what you've been accustomed to the last five years yeah seriously um it's it's not bad it's just different not like i'm used to seeing the same guys every day for five years um and now i'm just like on my own i live with my girlfriend out in the valley so i just go to work watch tv (laughs) work out (laughs) sleep and do it all over again so it's just a way different routine and you kind of got into like career life pretty soon after uh yeah the the semester like ended the week, right yeah like literally graduation was sunday and i started work on uh tuesday and so, you're you're doing the scorebook live thing right with dan yep i'm doing it with uh both dan's dan beach jack's dad and then uh dan dickow how's dickow as a boss he's good um I mean, I'm pretty self-directed, I guess, and like this is also new that 
like I have the freedom to figure out what works and doesn't work on my own. So he's he's not really like he's not like a strict boss on me or anything. It's more of just like a good relationship. Um, yeah, nothing what, crazy. What um, what's kind of your responsibilities? And I guess for so people for charge. people that aren't familiar with Scorebook Live, because we see it all the time here, yeah. it's basically uh, live stats and box scores for high school games. Right, right. Um, so my role, I'm in charge of the markets, um, Washington and Oregon. And uh, last year was just we had a basketball app, which was identical to the Scorebook. And now we uh, released a football app at the beginning of the season. So... Um, it's a completely new concept for athletic directors and coaches and fans. So it was just basically my job to, to get as many schools on board and um, leagues on board as possible. And then I run our social media, um, our social media accounts, and I'm in charge of, like, support. So if anything goes wrong for somebody, they call me and I try to solve their issues. Did your Twitter game as a player help you land the social media gig? Uh, I think it had a little bit of an influence, um, but I can't be as creative or as funny on uh, <laughs> like a business profile, that's for sure. Says who? I, I feel like they should encourage that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I just have to try to uh, to fill out my fan base, I guess, the audience now. <laughs> Has there been a tweet that you've been like, I don't know if I should push send on this out of the scorebook account? <laughs> no. Uh, I mean, they encourage me to have a personality. So, like, I'll use, uh, I'll use like, funny pictures or GIFs, whatever, GIFs, however you say it. Um, <laughs> but nothing I – don't, I don't try to do anything that can possibly cross the line. How often does Dan tell stories about the glory days? Uh only when like it's brought up, he'll never bring it up. But I mean, I'm obviously a big time Zag fan, so I'll ask him, you know, what about this or that. And then once he gets going, um, he's got some really good stories to share. What's the best one that you've heard? Ah, uh, best one. Well, my favorite uh, isn't really Zag related, still so basketball related. But um, my dad coaches basketball at Mark Morse High School, and they played a game at Prairie. And um, it was Dan and I think Zach Gord was on the team. And um, my dad said the buzzer went off and then he tipped it in. Um, but Dan uh, believes that, that they got the tip off um, in time. And my dad, I guess, it was back when he was young, but he chased the ref into the locker room. Oh, and, man. Um, he, he hasn't been back to Prairie since. So uh, I've always heard the story on my dad's point of view, but Dick Al tells it a little different. So I got to imagine he's got, I mean, from the NBA days as well, he's got to have some great ones. Yeah. And, and I mean, even like going overseas and hearing, um, you know, his time in Germany too, he, uh, yeah, he had a lot of unique experiences. Not a lot of guys get to, to do and to play in the NBA and, um, obviously be one of the Zag greats. It's cool just to hear everything um, and how much kind of things have changed. If you guys play to 11 right now, what's the score? <laughs> I don't know. I watched him play uh, open gym like 
a month ago we were in Portland for some business meetings and um, I went and watched him play an open gym with like uh, Lillard and Peyton Pritchard and um, some high level guys and he can definitely still play. So, um, you know, I'd say he beats me 11 to seven, but um, yeah, I would have a hard time defending him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, he was impressive uh, at the first Gonzaga alumni thing, too. I, I didn't really know what to expect. I obviously hadn't seen him play in a really long time. Yeah. Um, but he, he more than held his own. I don't want to spend too much time on this because it's a month out, but I enjoyed going back and forth with you a little bit on Twitter about it. Now that you've had some time to digest the end of this season of Game of Thrones, what do you think about where we're at? <laughs> Man, I like... This was my first season that I watched uh, live, so it was a completely different experience for me. Um, I, like going a week between episodes and like all the theories and ideas just made it even more entertaining for me. But um, you know, I, I'm in a little group chat with some Zag alum and current Zags that watch it, so we're always well. It's slowed down now, but during the year we were just you know shooting out predictions and theories, all that. So, I mean, the whole brand being the, the Night King is really interesting to me. And I've read up on it so much that I just, like, believe it at this point. But <laughs> if we have to wait two years to find out all these these questions, I'm going to be really disappointed. What I forgot was, and someone recently reminded me of this, the scene where the Night King, like, touches him in one of his visions. Uh-huh. from like a season or so ago. I'm bad about remembering all these storylines and little moments like that that could have some level of significance. But when you brought that up and when you saw the season play out, it made total sense. Yeah, and that, I, the people that can put that stuff together and can go back and remember. It's too much. To it's way too much. There's too much going on in that show to keep track of. But when you like go back and watch an episode, you're like, okay, I remember this this arc or this detail or something. Yeah. And it's incredible how, like, they'll tie something in from the first season. Like, was that their plan all along that when we get to this season, we're going to have this happen? Or do, does it just, like, happen by coincidence? That stuff always is so crazy to me. Jordan Matthews is the maester as far as you guys go? Oh, yeah. J-Matt is, like, he's the man. Anytime I have a question, like, whose family are they or what's this person's significance, he can tell you every detail. Were there not enough impactful lives lost this season? That's one of the things I'm worried about. And I think a lot of people are worried yeah. about is like that show was so merciless, like so, so cutthroat. I mean, no pun intended, but quite yeah. literally cutthroat. Um, yeah. uh, you just never, I mean, the Red Wedding was a perfect example. There's so many examples of the course of the show. Now you're kind of at a point where like every character is so crucial and people are tied to every single one that, it would make it that much more difficult to get rid of them. But that's what makes Game of Thrones Game of Thrones. And that's what I'm concerned about is when they get to the final season is like, how do they handle that? I know. And like everybody seems so important that they can't be killed at this point. Um, like Littlefinger was the only one who died that was mm -hmm. significant, really, um, other than uh, the, the dragon. But um that, by the way, I predicted that from the beginning of the season. I said Arya was going to kill Littlefinger. Really? Uh, I just had a feeling. Yeah. Huh. I, I have proof of that, so I was really happy when that <laughs> happened. But, Send me the screenshot. Yeah, I got I got all my uh, my uh, 
bold predictions and screenshots. <laughs> but it's, I mean, I'm attached to like every character at this point, so it's going to be tough. But that is what made people like it so much. So we'll see if, what they do. Yeah, I, I, I can't had, believe there's season left. I had a tough time believing that they could go north of the wall and none of the important guys would get dropped. Like there, there, yeah, that, there were like three guys that died, and I was like, I don't know who any of these guys are. Um, and I was expect, like, yeah, I was expecting the whole time somebody to go down, and nobody that really played a significant role did. Yeah, I thought Torben was done for sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't think there was any chance he's coming back, but yeah, I'm with you. I, I didn't think there was any way they'd do that without dying. Yeah. So I. Two years is a long time to wait, but uh, plenty of time to, to speculate about what happens next. Uh, I want yeah. to get into your some pre-Gonzaga stuff. Yep. Like uh, high school recruitment, how did that go for you? What kind of options did you have? And, and how did you kind of land with Gonzaga? Like what made that the, the right choice for you? Knowing that it was probably going to be difficult for you to have, you know, an impactful role on the floor. Right. Um, yeah, I... I got really lucky and timing was just uh, perfect. Honestly, um, my senior year, I was, um, I was playing on playing at a division three, uh, just trying to find like a good fit um, or maybe going to like a junior college and uh, red shirt and trying to work on myself. And then uh, Tommy Lloyd, who um, my dad coached against, he was at Kelso. Um, I knew him from the Kelsa Longview connection and then from going to camps uh, all those years I grew up. And I was at a baseball tournament in uh, Anaheim, and I got a call from Tommy that said they had um, quite a few guys graduating and then some guys transfer out and that they only had 11 guys on the roster at the time. So uh, that at that point, that was a no-brainer to me. Um, I just – I went that summer – um, I was honestly, I was the 12th guy on the roster, which you wouldn't believe now because we've had like 17, 16 guys the last five years or four years. But um, yeah, I just got there at a really good time and it was kind of a one year deal. That was my understanding. I had one year to kind of prove myself or whatever. And uh, I just tried to make the best of it. I, I, I grew a lot of relationships um, and I made a lot of friends that I think helped keep me around for sure. But it wasn't an easy decision, uh, like, until I knew. The college decision wasn't easy. Um, I didn't know what I was going to do, but once Tommy called, it was a a done deal. So did you think that there was a chance that you could just be there for one year? Yeah, I did. I mean, I didn't even know if – I came in that summer for six weeks, and – um, I, I didn't know if I was even going to be on the team after that uh, until I left for home and then Tommy called me and said I got into school and everything and that I was going to be a part of the team. And then I just kind of, I mean, I treated it like it was a year, year-to-year thing. So I wanted to make sure that my impact was felt uh, on the court, off the court, and just in general. What was that first practice like? Because you you came in for that oh. the the first team to get the number one ranking, the number one seed, 
and uh, obviously a really good squad. Gary Bell and Kevin Pangos would have been uh, yeah. sophomores that year. David Stockton, a junior, yep. so he got some really good guards, and obviously Kelly Olenek, Elias Harris, those guys. Shem was a, a freshman as well. Like what? I would imagine the first practice for any freshman at any level is a bit of a shock. What was that like for yeah. you? Yeah, that yeah, that was. I mean, I still remember my first practice. It was in the Martin Center actually, and. Um, you know, I knew my job was to bring energy and stuff, but, uh, it was just hard. Things were happening so fast. Like I'm trying to clap and I'm trying to get in drills and these guys are 10 times more athletic than me. And it was a shock for sure. And trying to guard like GB and Kevin stocks was (laughs) a whole lot different than guarding guys from, uh, you know, back home. So, it was new and it was tough, but ultimately it made me a tougher person and, I mean, better off the court because um, nothing came easy after that first day of practice and the day I got on campus. I can't tell you one day that was easy for me. So uh, it just kind of it helped make me into who I am. But, yeah, that, pra- that first practice, I'll never forget the nerves and the excitement and just the curiosity I had building up to it. And then um, – once you get into the routine of things, it, those kind of nerves and everything goes away. But, yeah, that first practice was something else. Did, did you think at any point, like, I don't know about this? Oh, yeah. There's times where, I mean, I would be like, I'm not cut out for this. Like, I don't know if I can make this work. But then every time I would go to practice or something good would happen for me, it kind of solidified. And my first game and just being in the kennel, with enough motivation to to never give up or to work harder every day. Did you ever, you know, there, there's an instance of this this past all season with Triano, who, you know, you're very close with, where he mm-hmm. he was up to his last year and is like, you know, and I want to give myself a chance to play. Like, did you ever get to that point? Or how, how close were you to maybe these last couple years being like, you know what, I want to have a chance to play impactful minutes and, and you know, get some buckets and that sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, that obviously crossed my mind because I, no matter how much fun it was, I still missed playing and having a uh, role in games and being able to impact the game. So, uh, But to me, the experience outweighed all of that. And, you know, I, I wouldn't have been able for, to forgive myself if I left and, and the team, you know, made that national championship run and I wasn't a part of it because – I knew I'd been there from, um, you know, through some little rougher patches, but I also feel like I helped um, kind of grow the culture into what it was. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to leave my friends and uh, the coaching staff was so supportive of me always since I was there that uh, I just, it wasn't, I wasn't able to give that up for some more minutes, but um, Dustin's obviously in a different boat and he's ultra competitive and, um, he saw a great opportunity for himself and I think he did what's right for him for sure. What do you think of the Rem back of his character arc? Because you're, you're a freshman, you've got the three point celebrations, maybe playing up a little bit for the camera. Uh, you, you get mm-hmm. a little bit older, you get the man bun, uh, you, maybe less, less, uh, less flashy on the sidelines, but you're still an energy guy. I mean, you got the handshakes and that sort of thing. Like how, how did you kind of grow and change through the course of the process? Uh, I've, I've matured a lot, uh, from, 
my freshman year till my fifth year. But uh, I think it was just kind of understanding the program and, and what was needed during different years. And, um, you know, each team was unique that I was a part of. Um, for example, my freshman year, uh, we had some seniors and really good leadership. And it just kind of got passed on to Kev. And Kev was a great leader until he left. And then uh, the year we had to win the WCC tournament to um, to make the tournament, that was kind of a year where leadership, there were some questions. And, um, you know, I think I'd, I myself and Dustin, we did a good job of trying to rally the troops and, and keep people involved all the time um, and kind of keep their heads straight because, that was something I wasn't used to. I wasn't used to having younger people look up to me or uh, having a say really in the program. But um, I kind of think I developed some, some good leadership traits during that year. And, um, you know, this last year we had a lot of self-starters. So I kind of got to take a step back and just enjoy the process with everybody else. But helping the younger guys along the way, like Rui and Snacks and, um, you know, Killian. So, uh, I definitely had a different role each year, um, but I still tried to be the same same kid and same fun energy that was on the bench. Uh, I just think I ran out of energy a little bit by my last year compared to my first couple games in the kennel. Do you miss doing the uh, sideline celebrations? We, we didn't see quite as much of that the last uh, year or two. Yeah. Were, I mean, were, were, there any, I mean, were there any in the bag that, that we never got a chance to see? <laughs> No, the crazy thing is, like, there was only one real run where we, like, choreographed things. That was Dustin Connor and I during the Elite Eight uh, run. But other than that, it was just kind of things would come to me where I would just be too excited and, like, need a way to to celebrate. So I never really had anything planned. Um, yeah, it they would just kind of happen. Uh, your favorite on-court moment for you? Ooh, uh Shoot, that's tough. Um, I would say senior night, getting to start against BYU uh, despite the loss. But um, from the moment, Coach, you told me I was starting to when I subbed out and the way the kennel was jumping, that's that's the most memorable moment that comes to mind. Uh, getting subbed out and chest bumping with Perk and then just like getting the kind of ovation and having people clap for me as I subbed out, was that was really special. When did you find out? When did Few tell you that you were starting? Uh, he told me that day in front of the team at uh, at shoot around. So, yeah, he he looked at me and said, "And you're going to start tonight." And um, <laughs> don't like don't take this lightly. And we need you to come in and help the team. So, and then everybody just kind of like jumped around and started patting me on the head. And I sat. I sat through that film like so locked in like never before I was paying attention to who does what um yeah and from that moment till I had a lot of friends in town and family in town for senior night so uh I literally just went into my room I didn't tell anybody I just went to my room and kind of just sat there and thought about the game the whole rest of the the time I think this is going to be a tough one too. And maybe it's an easy one because of what you guys did this last season, but what was your favorite season or the most fun you had during a season? Ooh, that is tough because I had so much fun. Um, but that the final four run can't be compared just because I, we knew it from the beginning um, from the team retreat on, we knew that that was our goal and 
so it felt like we we really were accomplishing everything we set out to do. And that Final Four like week was just so much fun. And I felt like guys guys that put in all the work and all the time that they were they were all getting rewarded for it. And there are so many teams before that where I'm like, these guys deserve, you know, we deserve to be a part of a national championship team or we deserve to go to a Final Four. And a lot of things come into effect, you know, your seeding, injuries, all that. But just to be able to put it all together and to know that that's what we were going to do and that's where we wanted to be from the start of the season just made it even sweeter. Favorite game? Favorite game? I think my first game in the kennel was my favorite um, because I I was told I was redshirting my freshman year, so the thought of even getting on the court wasn't didn't even cross my mind until uh, shoot around that day when when uh, Coach Lloyd told me he pulled me aside. He's like, "Hey, we we don't have a lot of guys on this team, so uh, you're going to get some good run. We have a good team, so." you know, I don't think you should redshirt. And I listened to him. I didn't redshirt, and I hit a three in my first appearance. Uh, and from that on, it just kind of kind of solidified my role and helped with my my legacy that I got to leave at GU. Who Was that Southern Utah? Southern Utah, yeah. Cal Guinness assisted me on it. He assisted me on two or three of my uh, career threes. Favorite moment that we don't know about? Hmm. Well, let's see here. I, I mean, I want to say that, like, the handstands and post-game celebrations, you guys know about them now, but they were always so much fun because we knew what big games were, but you knew that Coach Few was on the same page when he would come in and, hit a handstand and then Eric would hit like a backflip or like Simic would do his Polish hammer. So just those celebrations and it's like within the locker room and with your team, um, after you, you prepare for a week and you work hard for a week, those are, those are my favorite moments when you, it's kind of a sigh of relief. And, um, you know, it's one of those things where your hard work and, and effort pays off. So seeing coach, you hit a, a handstand when, I thought it was a big game, and I knew he thought it was a big game. Those were always some of my favorite moments. Were you surprised the first time you did that in the locker room, or did you know, like, yes. had, had guys warned you that this might be coming, or that this is something that he does? Uh, I was very surprised. I just saw, I saw him get into it, and I'm like, no way. Um, but, yeah, and then Wilcher kind of spilled the beans on his video <laughs> that one time, so it's more of a known thing now, but – yeah, Coach Few, he's got he's got some fun in him for sure. I don't know if we've seen the Polish hammer. What is that all about? Oh, it's just uh, Shemek with an imaginary hammer, like uh, just swinging it down, like in the middle of the locker room. Is this like two handed? Like this is like a huge Thor yeah. type oh, hammer. Yeah, like a heavy, yeah, heavy hammer above his head, and then he comes down, and everybody just like kind of makes a noise. That's awesome. Best player. This one's kind of impossible because oh you've got God. you've got Kevin just from a career standpoint was incredible from start to finish. Yeah. 
Olenek had one unbelievable year that turned him into a lottery pick. Uh, Zach Collins just did the same thing. He was awesome. Sabonis for two years. Wiltshire for his two years. I mean, there's probably no yeah. you know better just pure score than what Wiltshire was able to do. Um, I mean, there's yeah. there's endless options. And then Nigel, obviously. Right. And, yeah, and there's so many guys off the list, too, that, I mean, it, God, it's hard to pick one. Um, if you're starting a team with one guy, I'm, this is, I'm, this is such an unfair question, but I'm asking it anyways. This is so unfair. Uh, wow. Okay. If I could pick one guy, I think I'm going with Kev, um, because he did all the right things and he was such a good leader, um, to where he makes you want to play harder and, and work harder during the week. Uh, but, I mean, I could pick anybody and go off of them as well. But uh, you know what you're going to get with Kev every night. So I'll go with Kev. And he's one of my best friends. And I'm in his wedding next summer. So I got oh, nice. to go with him. What's the yeah. angriest Mark Few ever got at you? Angriest? That, uh, probably my first practice when I wasn't really bringing enough energy and I was kind of just there uh stuck in la la land he got on me um basically just told me like hey you're here to help this team so so do it um yeah that's probably the match he was at me we had a we had a pretty good relationship once i realized that he's a he's a human and <laughs> you can talk to him i was so scared of him and intimidated from uh of him at first but once you get to know him and start talking to him uh He's awesome, and we developed our relationship so much during my time. Uh, yeah, so he never really got that mad at me, but that the first practice is probably the first or the the worst. Did any so of the, he never had to, to tell me my role after that. That's for sure. Andy, any any players get mad at you? I remember talking to Triano about how he liked to mix it up, especially with the big guys, and just kind of hack them and kind of get after them in practice just to get them ready, especially in the WCC when you get smaller guys that are kind of digging down on Shem and, and those guys. You you ever have uh, a heated moment with somebody on the team? Nothing serious. Dustin, Dustin thrived off pissing guys off. I'm a little <laughs> different uh, where I, didn't want, I don't want to make any of my teammates angry. So other than like open gyms and like maybe – a hard foul here and there. I, I never really uh, upset guys too much. Dustin, on the other hand, that was like his mission was to, to frustrate the other guys. So we're just wired a little differently in that sense. Uh, best practice battle. And I always, especially these last, you know, the 15 year in this past season when, I mean, you guys were just stacked. I, I remember before the Elite Eight season, um, two years ago, just talking about how much fun it would be just to kind of sit in on practice and watch, mm -hmm. you know, a scrimmage or that sort of thing, because there's so many interesting matchups. Who was the best battle? Oh, um, well, like this year, we probably had our best red squad that, um, since I've been around, um, but like I've hardly practiced this year in like the five on five stuff because we were so good and, you know, I didn't want to take reps away from Rui or Snacks or anybody like that. So I just – I got to observe a lot this year and watch. And the team this year was super talented. You could take our second group and um, compete, uh, that's for sure. But um, 
my favorite team was my favorite uh, kind of red squad was my redshirt junior year um, with J3 and Dustin and Jack Beach, Brian Alberts. And Nigel was hurt that year, so he didn't get a lot of red squad reps. But that was the year where I personally got to contribute the most in practice. So that was my favorite um, as far as red squads. Were there um, were there two guys that like when they're matched up in practice that maybe you you watch that a little bit more closely or you know things might escalate or or there's that kind of oh, competitive yeah. level between the two guys where they just really want to go at each other? Yeah, well, I used to love watching Kev and Stocks go at it. Uh, like when we would split up and it would be uh, and they would kind of even out the teams. Um, watching those two guys go at it, those were always really good battles. Um, you know, and they're both so crafty and good at what they do. So I always enjoyed those. And then, like, you got Eric McClellan, who it didn't matter who he was going up against, he was going to be loud and he was going to stir up the pot and get the, the competitive juices flowing. So whoever Eric was going against, he, he'd get the best out of them as well. And, um, I mean, I think that's one of the things Gonzaga does such a good job at is the practices are competitive as hell. Like, you you're you're playing for your life and you don't take anything lightly so um yeah when they'd cross or when they would mix up the teams to even them out those were always some of the best battles all my years but um my favorite would definitely be kevin and stocks just because how much i looked up to them and admired their game kind of brought it up or mentioned it the open runs what what are those alumni games like especially when it's the summertime you got guys that are either in the league or playing overseas you got the guys that are still around town that are playing like how uh how heated how competitive do those games get yeah it's it's unique because you got you got so many guys who come back in the summer and they want to help the the current team get better so um like when Kelly would come back, Sam, David, David's in town, but, and then you got like Ravio and Pargo, JP Bautista. Those are, I mean, we're talking about Zach greats who come back and they come back to help um, kind of keep, keep the culture and, and improve the culture, but they want to make guys better and they want to show how good they are still. So when they would play like, those open gyms um, after camp and stuff, those were always battles. And I can't tell you, I didn't really get into those very often just because you have so many guys who want to play. It's not, I mean, um, I, I would fight and scratch and crawl, crawl to get into like one or two games a night. But for the most part, uh, as a walk-on, I was watching those. And you get to see how good guys really are and there's guys who are really good but there's guys who are really really good pickup players and like Kyle and Guinness had some of the, the best open gyms I've ever seen when he's just playing freely and doing his thing he's a completely different guy than the uh, kind of team first uh, utility type guy in a sense that he was when he played but like Kyle Drang Guinness is the guy you want on your team in open gym because he's going to do it all and he's going to get buckets. And yeah, I, 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 he sticks out to me specifically thinking about um, some kind of open gym highlights. If you had to take five guys from those open gyms and go to any, you know, street ball court, whatever pickup game, 
you know, hot gym in the middle of the summer to battle against like anybody else, like all star pickup squads. Like who are you who are you taking? Oh, that's so tough. I'm for sure my bigs are gonna be ah oh, man. I gotta pick between the three lottery picks. But <laughs> good uh, luck. No offense to Zach, just because he's young and I only played with him for a year. But I gotta go with Kelly and Domas at the five and four. Um Man, I'll put Kyle Jane Guinness at my three. Uh, shoot, this is tough. You got to mix some old guys in there too, because right now you're just going with guys you played with. There have there has to be some guys that come back in the summer that blow you away. That's true. Like I only got to see Mo really play one year. Uh, if if we're talking guys I didn't play with, then I'm putting Mo at my three. Um, I mean, I've never played with John Stockton, so I can't really pick him. I love Rabio though. I would, I want him, I want him and Kev. Um, yeah, that then I got to leave out like so many people. <laughs> it's tough. Uh, yeah, Mo. I only I only got to play with him one time uh, or one kind of off season, but he he worked out myself and Angel Nunez and. Dustin during our red our redshirt year, so I have the most respect for Mo. But one time, uh, I was on his team and I was just too scared to shoot. Like I, I wouldn't even shoot because I was so scared of him at first. And then after the pickup, I actually got to know him. I'm like, oh, this guy's a really cool dude. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with Ravio, Kev, Mo, Domas, and Kelly. It's a pretty tough five. It is. And then, I mean, yeah. You can bring it's one guy so off the bench. To... I got to bring Nigel off the bench. All right. I, I got to imagine with how competitive all those guys are and how much, you know, chatter there is amongst the different groups about whose teams were best and that sort of thing. Like, it's got to get heated. I, I don't I don't assume that there's any sustained beefs or, like, you know, serious altercations. But I got to imagine there are moments where the temperature rises pretty pretty high in there. Yeah, uh, it's all basketball though. No one's, no one takes anything personal. And to be honest, there wasn't many arguments like my team was better than yours or our team could do this year's, because the Zag alumni and the the past players they they want to see the team that's next up be the best. So it was never really com- comparing who did what or anything like that, but more of uh, kind of just pushing the younger guys to be better so that they could go farther than the, the team before them and stuff like that, which is something that's really unique uh, that I don't think you'd see uh, at most schools around the country. Best trash talker. Uh, Eric McClellan, for sure. <laughs> Even of the He's older loud. guys? Yeah, Eric. He, yeah. It doesn't matter what this, like scenario is he he can get under your skin for sure how weird is it uh it's the season obviously in about a month a little over a month what's it like just kind of not going through that process right now it's weird it's sad for me because you know i see all the guys hanging out and i see snapchats videos whatever in the locker room and it just feels like i should be in there and i should be a part of it um but you know I'm enjoying it uh, from a different perspective, that's for sure. And when I hang out with a guy or talk to a guy, I make sure I 
asking all the questions so I'm still in the loop and, and know how guys are doing. But um, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. Uh, I talked to Jack Beach, and he's only going to be a redshirt sophomore. I'm telling him, man, you got to you gotta enjoy it all while you can. And that's something I think I did a good job of. I never took it for granted, that's for sure. But it doesn't keep it from going any faster. So, um, yeah, it's, it's sad and it's new, but I'm, I'm excited for their team and what they have going on. You playing any pickup right now? Because I know we tried to get you out of Peaceful Valley, but you never took us up on the invite. Yeah. I never. I got like one text and then never again. But uh, <laughs> I haven't been playing. Honestly, uh, I played in the in a city league in Spokane that was really fun. But and I played in Hoop Fest, but I haven't played in probably like a month and a half. I've just been busy with work, and I need to become like a gym member somewhere uh, with a basketball court. But yeah, I haven't touched the ball in way too long. I want to get involved in um, – I hope with some of Dick Al's uh, kind of academy workouts and stuff. So I'm going to start doing that and, and get back around the game because I definitely miss it, that's for sure. Before we go, I want to, let you, I want to ask you about this season's group. Uh, it's kind of similar in a sense to this past year because there's a lot of new faces, guys that aren't proven at Gonzaga. The difference is with the guys that came in last year, there were guys like Nigel and Jordan Matthews and Jonathan Williams had done it at other schools. Now you got, you know, a guy like Zach Norvell who redshirted, Jakob Larson who redshirted. Um, you know, you got Rui stepping up. We've seen a little bit of him, but not, you know, enough to really gauge what we can expect from him. Corey Kispert. I mean, the amount of like freshmen and newcomers that are going to have to step in and contribute is is kind of crazy and it's one of those years that i think it'd be really fun to watch the scrimmages because you could learn so much about the guys i mean even joel ayayi from overseas what do you know about mm-hmm. this group what are you hearing what do you expect to see from them? i haven't i haven't seen them play with all the new faces and um i mean i know i have high expectations for guys like snacks norvell and Rui and and jaylar just because uh they kind of it's their it's their turn to prove themselves so I have really high expectations for those guys. And then, um, like, they they learned from some of the best players with with Nigel. And they got to be – J-Lar got to learn from J3 and um, Zebo and Shemek. So, those guys, they, they've had a full year to develop and to learn. So, I have high expectations for them coming into the season. And – I mean, it's it's nothing different. There's a lot of unknowns, but there's one thing that you do know, and that's the coaching staff is going to have them prepared to the maximum, and they're going to watch film, and they're going to be dialed in, and they're going to take the strengths um, and use them to their advantage and hide the weaknesses like they always do. And when you have a staff like that, there's, I mean, it, it makes up for all the little unknowns, that's for sure. How good can Rui be with – you know, the, the full, not to say he didn't have the confidence of the coaches, but the full confidence of the coaches in terms of playing time and that sort of thing and established role. Like we, we saw glimpses of it last year and it was really fun to watch, but, uh, you know, it's hard to project what that will look like if he's, you know, you're starting small forward or what have you on a nightly basis. Yeah. Uh, I, Rui is really good. He just, uh, I think it took him a little while to get acclimated to the difference in game and, um, kind of a role that he probably wasn't used to before, but uh, I expect really good things of him. He can be really, really good. I mean, you do see glimpses of it, and when he's shooting the ball well, uh, I really don't know how you stop him. So um, 
you know, it's on him to, to prepare uh, with stuff like film and, and just get more reps up, uh, the little things on defense and, um, you know, understanding the offense and all that stuff. But once he figures that out, his tools and uh, his abilities and, and just, like, his frame, everything, once you combine all those, you're going to see one of the better players uh, on the court. That's that's for sure. Who is the guy that you're like, you guys you guys don't really know, but watch watch this kid. Watch out for him. I, I would say Zach Norvell. Uh, just the knack he has for scoring the ball, I, I compare it similar to how Wilcher was where, uh, you know, it might not be – the most physically gifted or uh, have the most hype around him. But the way he scores the ball, it's just, it can't be taught. So uh, if he can find a way to, to get on the court a lot and um, play well defensively and stay on the court, you're going to see him with some, some pretty good nights off the bench. That's for sure. Or if he's in that starting spot, it's a three. So I think, I think uh, he's going to surprise people and, I think he he knows how good he is and he knows how good he can be. So he's gonna he's gonna embrace that role. Take a stab at the starting five for me. I'm gonna say Perk, Silas, uh, Rui, um, Killian, and J3. Yeah. And though there's so many interchangeable spots, uh, and that gives you really good bench depth. Um, and kind of some of those unknowns you'll figure out after the first 10 or so games where they fit and where they belong. But uh, that would be my guess. But I, like I said, I haven't been around the team much. I haven't seen them really play. I didn't know they weren't all together for uh, open gym. So it sounds like I have the ability to come watch practices. So I'll, I'll have a better feel once I start going to some of those and, and watching those. But yeah. Cool. Well, I appreciate you taking the time, man. Uh, good, good catching yep. up with you, and uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll be seeing you around. For sure. Thanks for, uh, thanks for talking, and we'll be in touch. That's for sure. For sure.